0: You're listening to Wellbeing Connection, the CMHA Manitoba and Winnipeg podcast. I'm your host, James Wellsman.
1: The Canadian Mental Health Association, Manitoba and Winnipeg, wishes to acknowledge that we are gathered in Treaty One territory at the crossroads of the Anishinaabe, Metis, Cree, Dakota, Ojakree nations and on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe peoples and the homeland of the Métis Nation.
0: None of the content in this podcast is intended to replace the advice given to you by your medical team. If you are in crisis, please phone the Manitoba Suicide Prevention and Support Line at 1-877-435-7170 or text CONNECT to 686868 for the Kids Help Phone. Hey, welcome everyone. I'm so excited today because I have uh, someone, part of my family who is able to join us on Wellbeing Connection for Bell Let's Talk Day. Uh, I'd like to introduce to you Alex Tapscott. So, welcome. Thanks, James.
2: I'm delighted to be here.
0: Thanks. Yeah, so uh, do you want to give me a little background as to Uh, your involvement in mental health advocacy. I know you're a mental health champion yourself, having uh, been involved with CAMH. So uh, do you want to start off just by giving a little background as to uh, why you're on for Bell Let's Talk Day? Sure,
2: absolutely. So I live in in Toronto, Canada, born born and raised. I've spent most of my life in the city. And um, one of Toronto's uh, I think most well-known institutions and one of its most important institutions is the Centre for Addiction and Mental Health, CAMH. Um, it's the largest uh, mental health research hospital in the country and has a global reputation for, for care and for the science that they do. And um, as, a, as an individual and, and uh, my family, more broadly has been involved with CAMH for quite a while. Um, in fact, my parents, set up a research chair at CAMH uh, as early as I think 1998. And that data is, is significant for a couple of reasons. Because nowadays with Bell Let's Talk and all of these other important initiatives, mental health is finally getting its due. Um, it's finally getting the attention that it deserves. Um, and I think that we've come a long way towards destigmatizing mental health. And and clarifying what it is, which is that it's a health problem. You know, nobody should feel ashamed for getting cancer and nobody should be ashamed for struggling with mental health issues. That was not always the case. Um, this is a relatively recent phenomenon. In fact, a- as late as the, the 1990s, um, a lot of individuals would donate to institutions like KMH and would choose not to put their name on the building or the wing or the, thing that they had done because they didn't necessarily want their name publicly affiliated, even though maybe they donated because they had a family member like so many people do who suffer from mental illness. Um, So in the 1990s, my parents set up a chair for mental health research and named it uh, the Tapscott chair um, after um, my dad's brother, who uh, suffered very mightily in his late teens and early 20s. And eventually took his own life. And it was something that I think cast a very dark shadow over the family. And the decision to, you know, set up a research chair and to put a name on it um, was a small way of trying to lift that cloud, but also to try and take a step towards destigmatizing um, mental illness. Um, so fast forward a few years, and um, the uh, CAMH merged with. Uh, the Clark Institute, which was a a separate institution in Toronto to form CAMH, the CAMH that we know today. And um, it was around, I think the early 2000s, mid 2000s, when my, uh, my mom actually joined the board, the foundation board for CAMH. So in a hospital setting like CAMH, there's a board for the operating entity, the hospital board, which is made up of doctors, and then mostly, and then there's a foundation board whose primary goal is to fundraise and raise awareness for the hospital. And when she joined, uh, they had launched a, a capital campaign, which is Something separate from sort of the ongoing operating money that you uh, raise for hospital. This is to, to do something big, to make a capital investment, meaning like a building or something like that. And the capital campaigns in the early days were small. I think it was, um, you know, 10 or 20 million dollars, and it took years to get to that level, which I think is a, another sign of how far we've come because the capital campaigns at CAMH more recently have been in the hundreds of millions of dollars um, because there's just so much more money that's finally going towards this cause. Um, She eventually actually became the chair of the board and served for two consecutive terms um, and oversaw a lot of these major initiatives. My personal involvement. So I've always had a close connection to the hospital through my uncle's uh, uncle's illness, um, through my parents' involvement. And I think in 2011 or so uh, was when I first started to get involved actively, Um, a group of Sort of like-minded young professionals uh, we were all in our sort of mid-20s uh, early 30s got together and said well what could we do to make an impact um, for the hospital so most hospitals and many institutions have a foundation board and then they have a a junior board right sort of like an up and comer, or a leader a junior leadership board or some sort of group but CAMH didn't have that And the reason for that was that for the same reason I discussed, which is that the the stigma around mental health meant that there wasn't actually a lot of demand for people to get involved in something like this um, or to run the kinds of events that young boards are known for, which are like parties and other sorts of like fun things. Um, So we wanted to change that. And in, I think, 2011, we created CAMH Engage, which is the Young leadership board of the hospital and um, launched a number of initiatives through CAMH Engage, including um, our flagship, which was called the the break break. Excuse me, the Breakthrough Challenge, and the purpose of the Breakthrough Challenge was to. Um, raise awareness mostly for the research that was happening at the hospital. Sorry, this is a very long answer, James.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all very interesting stuff. I, I, I will stop
2: about. I will stop soon enough. Um, sure. But <laughs> the, the Breakthrough Challenge, the goal was to highlight, to emphasize the research, because I think a lot of people look at institutions like CAMH and think of them as urgent care centers for people who are having breakdowns, and to be sure, like that is – a big part of what they do. But there's also a lot of science that's happening at these uh, hospitals, a lot of really important breakthrough science. And so the breakthrough challenge was basically like a shark tank type competition between three of our researchers. Um, They had to film videos and produce, you know, this really slick content about what it is that they were doing, and in the end, they were awarded a prize uh, of uh, a research, an additional research grant. Uh, but really, the purpose was to, and they, and the grant was meaningful for them. You know, uh, ten thousand dollars, I think. But more importantly, it was to raise awareness. So that's something we ran for a few years. Um, I've since exited that board, um, and uh, but I'm still very involved in in what's happening at Kimmage. So I'll I'll pause there, and then we can <laughs> talk about it
0: excellent yeah it's great to hear that too because uh i mean um you know at family gatherings and everything i i know so much of your involvement but uh just to hear exactly what's going on it's really admirable stuff and um glad to uh be in a position as well work and uh give back and help uh because you know you're mentioning the experience of your uh your uh uncle and then um I mean, my own personal lived experience too, it's something that means a lot uh, to me. So with Bell Let's Talk this year, um, I gotta tell you, it was really funny. Uh, my uh, my co-host Steven and I, we were discussing, like what are we gonna talk about this year? And um, he was saying about how uh, Bell Let's Talk, like let's, let's open up and be able to talk, but let's also take the time to listen. Let's also learn to listen and be there ready for when people are ready to talk. Um, And funnily enough, uh, we find a video uh, put out by Bell where they're saying that uh, this year we're going to take time to listen. Um, So in your experience, um, what is the importance of listening? Like you've got so much extensive experience being an advocate for mental health. Um, How important is it to listen and what piece of advice would you give to people who might might have someone come to them and say, uh, some personal lived experience and want some support. Yeah. well, let me say that I think the
2: the the let's talk message this year of um, I'm listening is a is a grave one. I think it's really, really important um, to emphasize that. And you know what I find that a lot of people who have suffered with mental uh, with mental illness or with with problems of their own, um, they're not necessarily holding it all in. They're just looking for an opportunity to share. And they're just looking for a, a, someone who they can trust and who can you know, be that sounding board and just listen to them. So, you know, that's been my personal experience. And I think that the, um, the campaign by emphasizing that is really striking a nerve. And I think that, you know, for people who have lived experience, um, it's, it's a powerful message for sure
0: yeah absolutely like uh i and and I think it's good because they've spent so much time getting people to be able to open up, but then how do we continue to open up that conversation and we do it by listening um I think too of uh um sometimes when like I first brought up my uh, mental health challenges the first time I was so scared. I was thinking like, is this person going to reject me? Like all those feelings that come up that yeah. I'm sure a lot of our listeners can relate to, like, uh, is this something that people are going to judge me on? Am I going to be okay? Uh, will I still have this friend after? Um, yeah. so yeah, it's all about just making sure that you're a person who is ready to listen, like taking that time to like really, solidify that this this is what i'm going to do i'm a person who's going to listen as well um so i'm wondering what are some of the trends uh this year in mental health i know we've heard so much during the covid-19 pandemic um about mental health but uh is there any things that you're seeing that you think that uh, in your experience uh with CAMH um is there anything that you're seeing that uh You're seeing as a trend this year?
2: Well, I think that the COVID-19 pandemic has been uh, incredibly stressful for a lot of people. And I think for those who uh, already suffered from mental illness has probably been a trigger or has made things more difficult. But I also think that it's uh, created a lot of other problems for people who maybe didn't necessarily, you know, have a pre-existing condition, so to speak. Um, I think that the strain on young families and on parents in particular has been tremendous. Um, you know, you're concerned about your health uh, and your family's health, but you're also concerned about your kids' well-being and that whether or not they're receiving the right kind of education. How this experience is impacting them? You know, will it have lasting effects that could cause long-term damage? And that kind of fear and uncertainty um, that is is constant. Um, I think is, is very stressful. And I think that we need to take time to, um, you know, listen. And I think it's a great, um, again, I think it's a great campaign. And I think that for those types of individuals, you know, there's a keep calm and carry on sort of mentality. Like as a parent, you get up in the morning and it doesn't matter if you're feeling blue or, you know, you're actually suffering in, in a real way. Uh, or if you're sick, or if you're tired, like you have to get up and be a parent. Um, And, you know, I think that that's, that can be very challenging. And I think that, um, you know, listening is important. Um, Another thing that I've noticed, and, you know, this is just anecdotal, but I'm sure there's data to support it, is I think that there's probably a lot more alcohol abuse happening um, during COVID-19. And I think that, you know, you get into a cycle of, uh, monotony and routine and stress, and you're looking for something that can be a crutch or some kind of thing to um, distract you or or to numb whatever you're feeling. And I've noticed that that's um, had an impact on some people uh, who I know. And I mm-hmm. think that that again, it's like when the when the dusk settles or when you know we're we're beyond this point, we're going to have a reckoning. Um, for a lot of problems that were created that are unrelated to coronavirus um, that I think have a lot to do with with, um, our mental well-being.
0: Yeah and uh, I think that just highlights how important it is to be there to listen because these people uh, going through this we know there's um, opioid deaths all the time I mean it's such a huge We've, we've got another epidemic as well, the opioid yeah. epidemic. Um, and deaths from that are uh, higher than they've ever been um, as far as uh, I've seen. Um, and yeah, you think about all those times when you need to be there just to be that open, open door, that uh, open ear. Uh, you can imagine like if someone's going through this, they're holding a lot of pain within them. And mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. it's that connection that can be what can help bring the next steps like just being the open open ear and not even you know we people think uh you know mental health professionals they give advice well that might be true but uh when it comes to friends when it comes to peers uh it's less about the advice and more just being a sounding board someone to bounce their thoughts off of yeah absolutely yeah um so for actively listening, do you have anything uh, you've noticed? I know you have a, a podcast as well. We'll uh, you'll be able to uh, shout that out at the end of uh, today. But uh, are there any strategies you take to actively listening?
2: Well, I like. I mean, this is something that just applies in life, which is that I, I like to ask a lot of questions. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, initially can be very reluctant to share information about themselves. But if you ask questions and you ask the right kinds of questions, then they can, um, you know, start to trust you and then they, and they can start to share their, their stories more, more fully. And I think that that's how you learn in life by asking questions. Um, but it's also how you learn to understand um, and especially understand people's feelings too. So, you know, this is something that Probably, I've a learned trait. It's not something that I think I was necessarily born with. Um, and you know, I think I've probably been inspired a lot by by my my wife and, and family, um, who who are great at asking questions. I mean, your cousin uh, <laughs> Sophie Wellsman <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> and, and uh, who's my sister in law, and uh, and your other cousin Amy Wellsman my wife. Um, you know, are are just excellent at. Um, at, at, asking questions. And, um, I think I've, I've learned a lot from them in that respect, yeah. but I think that, you know, it can't be asking questions for the sake of asking questions or asking questions because you want to share your answer to the question. It has to be really to try and understand. Um, and I think that, you know, having a shared experience, or having a lived experience, um, is can be important, but I don't think it's necessary. Like, I don't think that, you know, just because you haven't as an individual suffered from some specific mental illness that you can't talk to someone who does and understand what they're going through, um, and help them. Um, because, you know, there's lots of concrete things like you pointed out, like, you know, mental health professionals like to give recommendations and advice. And I think that's really important. I think there's there's a, that's the the active, uh, role. Um, but there's the more passive role, which is the the listening, Um, and anybody can do that. You don't have to be trained to be a good listener.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. It's all about just remembering where you are too. Like uh, um, I can relate talking to uh, uh, cousin Amy, cousin Sophie, just about how much, like as soon as you just get in a conversation with them, it's just so, so powerful. And it's because they truly care and it doesn't have to be the exact right question. It doesn't have to be the exact right uh, thing to say, but if you just, if you're just really meaning, just recognize that there's a person in front of you who really wants to share or really wants to listen and then just recognize and honoring that uh, because it's just the the right thing to do and it feels good and it builds that connection. Um, and I think too, of uh, seeing my uh, little uh, first cousin once removed, <laughs> who's uh, just a little young one um, yeah. and uh, I see how, how she listens and she will, Uh, she really takes everything in and takes in all of the experience around her, like synthesizes it with all the information around her and really comes up with sort of this unbiased and just sort of pure innocent judgment of uh, things that are going on, but in such a, such a, such a fresh way. So just taking in also, I think like looking at different perspectives of people around you, how are they listening? how are they connecting? Like how can that uh, influence you? It's all really cool stuff. Um, So I think I'll just uh, ask one more thing and then we can uh, go on to uh, sharing where people can find you. So I just want to ask you um, about how you think that Bell Let's Talk has evolved in your personal experience, Bell being a big partner of uh, CAMH, how you've seen that project evolve.
2: Absolutely. Well, let me first just say that um, my daughter, who is I think you're yeah. referring to, is uh, is three years old. And um, it's true that she is a sponge and she does absorb information. But I wouldn't say she's the best active listener. She chooses to ignore me all the time, every time I try and talk to her. So I think we might have to wait a couple of more years before we bring her into the fold for, for this one. Um, so, and, you know, we're about to have another kid in like a month, so I'll let you yeah. know about You'll, you'll get to meet your other um, first cousin once removed pretty soon. <laughs> Isn't it right. interesting, James? That you know you and I, until you were a teenager, we didn't know each other, and mm-hmm. now there's there are going to be two people yeah. who share our DNA. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's going to be. Uh, there's a little bit of
2: James and Eleanor, right? I mean, there's, yeah. um that's <laughs> the way it works. So okay, so Bell, Bell, let's talk. Um, well, first of all, Bell Let's Talk was largely the um, the initiative of George Cope, who at the time was the CEO of Bell. And he was also, I think, on the board of CAMH. Um, George, I think as a CEO of a big company, there are every, every as a, and I, I, like when I say a big company, I mean like one of the biggest companies in Canada, Bell's, uh, you know, I don't know, 60, 70 billion dollar market cap company or whatever. Um, every single cause is is tugging at you to get involved in some way. Um, And they're all probably worthy causes, right? To get involved with. And most of these big companies support them all in some way, but they usually try to champion a couple of things. To my knowledge, Bell was the first major corporation in Canada to really champion, to be a champion for mental health. Um, And that started with a major donation. Or if it it didn't start with that, one of the big hallmarks of that early relationship was that Bell gave, I think, $15 million to CAMH and um, launched the Let's Talk campaign, which to me, just having a day every year where the conversation turns to mental illness, I think is really important. You know, there's a lot of people who these days... might use this, use the hashtag and, you know, say I've done my part, but, and there are people who might criticize that, but to me, the inverse, which is that nobody is talking about it and nobody's sharing it is obviously much worse. So to me, the Bell Let's Talk campaign has made enormous, um, has helped make uh, big changes in in how we think about mental illness and also just to put it out into the open. Um, You know, I think that, for so long, mental illness was considered uh, a moral failing or a uh, inherent weakness of the mind, right? And that put the blame on the individual. And I don't think that most people think that way still. I think some do. Um, and I think that there is still a stigma that must we must be actively engaged in overcoming but fundamentally the the view of mental illness has changed and it has to do a lot with prominent individuals who have shared their stories and made made others who suffer in silence realize that they're not alone and I think that's really important and if nothing else that's a pretty great legacy for what George did and for and for Bell let's talk
0: excellent yeah I, I as you bring that up, I'm just thinking of my own story and how, I mean, it must have had some influence, like just having, like, I don't remember exactly one of the symptoms of depression and anxiety is sometimes your memory can get a little foggy. So my memory of the time when I was really suffering was was a bit, uh, a bit off, but yeah, it's, uh, it must've had some effect, just getting, having that conversation open. Um, And I think also some of the, Things I see is having personally worked um, doing hearing voices support groups. Some of the next steps with uh, stigma reduction is really talking about some of those um, illnesses and diagnoses, symptoms that are a little um, less common. So we we hear so much of the conversation about depression, anxiety, and I mean those are such widespread. Um, concerns and I think uh, as we move forward there is some stigma reduction being seen across the board but some of the uh, um, diagnoses such as schizophrenia, schizoaffective disorder, um, there is still work to be done and so I look forward to seeing what happens with uh, Bell Let's Talk over the next few years as, as it evolves and as it currently evolves to talk about listening. Um, so yeah thanks so much for coming here Alex. It's uh, really uh, uh Just so great to be able to talk to you. And um, I just want to know where can you, or where can we find uh, you and follow you if we want to uh, check out some more?
2: Sure, so I'm on Twitter, probably the best way, publicly, um, at Alex Tapscott. Um, That's probably the best way to find out. Most of what I talk about is uh, related to crypto assets and FinTech, not so much uh, mental health. But if that's something that's of interest to you, then um, probably not a bad person to follow.
0: Yeah, excellent. Yeah, it's uh, really cool stuff. I remember talking to you uh, way back uh, a few years ago and I'm like, what is all this stuff? It's uh, really cool. But uh, yeah, really, really interesting stuff. I encourage you to uh, check out uh, Alex's work. Um, you know, it's such a privilege to have you here. Thank you so much. Um, thanks so much for talking to us. Uh, a lot of people are gonna get a lot out of this. So thank you again. My pleasure,
2: James. Anytime. Thank you. thanks.
1: Well, friends, it's uh, very good to be with you. Uh, We've uh, learned a lot about uh, Bell Let's Talk in our previous uh, section of this podcast. Uh, Super grateful for James and Alex. Uh, So much information to digest, and we have a treat for you. We are here with Tin. Uh, Tin is a student at the University of Manitoba, and he is uh, involved in an amazing group of students who really do uh, amazing work in the area of mental health promotion. And so they're some of my biggest fans uh, at the University of Manitoba. Tin, uh, welcome to Wellbeing Connection. Wondering if you can just introduce yourself uh, you know, what you're doing at the University of Manitoba, and just a little bit about what Active Minds does at the University of Manitoba.
3: Hi, uh, first of all, thank you, uh, Stephen, for having me here. And um, yeah, like, my name is Ken and I'm a student at the University of Manitoba, and I'm currently studying women's and gender studies as a major and psychology as a minor. And uh, Yes, Active Minds at University of Manitoba is a student-led, student-run mental health awareness group. There are five main reasons why our student group is established. So our team is established to raise awareness on mental health, also established to remove stigma surrounding mental health, and mental health issues so that students as well as other campus members will feel more comfortable openly discussing mental health related issues and seeking help when it's needed. Established to promote positive mental health and wellness by emphasizing care of both body and mind. Also, established to provide easy access information and resources regarding mental health and mental health problems available both on campus and off campus. Finally, established to serve as a liaison between the student body and the mental health community by holding campus-wide activities, such as hosting guest speakers, providing informational facts and running events and programs designed to reduce stigma and raise mental health awareness. So like Acting Minds at University of Manitoba awareness about mental health through a variety of campus-wide events, programs, and initiatives. We work to create an overall comfortable campus environment for open conversation about mental health. And it,
1: it just makes my, my, uh, my mind and my heart dance when I hear students engaging in mental health promotion. And there's no question that Active Minds Uh, in Canada, and North America is one of the premier uh, nonprofit organizations supporting the mental health of students, and I know that I've been a guest speaker uh, at uh, the University of Manitoba uh, with Active Minds. You do some wonderful campus events that really are inclusive and really allow people to share their stories sometimes, you know, navigating supports one of the things that you said and i imagine you know james is also singing in his in his mind is this idea of reducing stigma right and then you know increasing you know help seeking behaviors right because there's a load of awesome supports on campus but also in the community so the counseling st- center the stepped care approach that they have which is awesome but i know that that active minds is actively participating in bell let's talk and I'm wondering, you know, Ten, you've, you've mentioned uh, to me you're, you're from uh, Tokyo originally, and uh, you've been here for almost five years studying. I'm wondering, you know, have you seen any differences between, you know, talking about mental health uh, and issues of mental health here in Canada, as opposed to maybe back home? Is, are there any differences?
3: Um, the last time I was living in Japan was almost like eight years, nine years ago. So I was you know a middle, you know, middle school student. So I didn't really talk about my mental health. And then since you know middle school age, the people don't really talk about their you know the concerns because you know a lot of things going on, you know, like uh, unlike the elementary school, like Middle school, is, you know, you have to kind of get, you know, used to kind of community, especially in Japan. You know, uh, mm. you have to be similar to others. Not really, you know, like you can be yourself in a right. The individualistic piece is not there, yeah. is it?
1: Yeah, mm. yeah. And and so when I think of, you know, uh, Bell, let's talk, and we're giving people permission uh, to talk about their mental health, which is phenomenal, and. And millions and millions of people in Canada um, are having these conversations. But this year, there's one component that that we really feel is, you know, it's really hitting the mark, and that is the idea of listening. And when I think of active minds, I often think of active listening. And so wondering if you can share, you know, your thoughts as as a university student on the importance of listening to your peers when they are struggling.
3: Um, yeah, like the these days we really don't the sorry. These days we to, we talk about our mental health, but we are not really sure about whether or not people actually listen to us, not hearing us. So like the, yeah. Um, so I take the Beryl Talk Day, like this Mental Health Awareness Week, as a kind of chance for all of us to talk about our mental health and ask and listen to others' mental health concerns. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, this kind of opportunity we can use to... Actually, listen to others, not just hearing and then okay, that's it. You right. Know, so, that, what does
1: what would listening look like to you? Like, if someone, if you knew someone was really listening to you, what what would that look like?
3: I think the like active listening, as you said, like and also like as uh, Bell expect for especially this week, this year, is the you know the listening is more like I listen to you, so like the other that who are being listened to must feel like, okay, I, I'm i listening. I'm listened to, you know, I'm, you know, my kind of concern is kind of valid, you know, like they're validated. So like, yes,
1: yes. That validation is so important, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And so sometimes just, you know, being able to even reframe or rephrase what someone is saying. So, you know, if someone, if you were to tell me 10 today, I feel happy. And I would be going, so 10, what I'm hearing from you today is that you feel happy and you feel happy because it is Tuesday and it's not Monday, <laughs> you know, so whatever, whatever it is. And, and, and folks, you can't see this. We're on a zoom call right now, but 10 has just this wonderful smile uh, about him. And so the, the idea of being able to even look at the body language of, of people. Ten, could you comment on what's school been like? What has been university like for the last, uh, you know, let's just say the last six months? There's been a lot of, lot of things going on at the University of Manitoba. I think there was, you know, a strike there at one time. People were not in class. They were then back in class. And then they, now you're, well, fill us in.
3: Um, so, yeah, as you said, yes uh it's kind of obvious for students to kind of feel they isolated in this situation because of the COVID-19 pandemic and also like strike happened and yeah it's kind of difficult for students uh to reach out to community services you know like support providers at, on, on campus and off campus too and um, but yeah active minds at the University of Manitoba try to reach out to those students and provide support um, via our social media platforms so like you know providing the mental health resources and then you know informational facts sheets so like they can kind of know okay even online even I cannot reach to the on-campus or off-campus support providers we can do what we can do at home to take care of our mental health
1: and, and again, you know, what's, what's great, Ten, and you bring this up, it's, it's not just the resources and the student service resources that are on campus, but those that are in our communities. You know, so if, if we, we don't live on campus or if we're not by campus or we're not able to get to campus for whatever reason, you know, there's supports, you know, the CMHA, of course, we're here. You went to activeminds.org. Um, you're going to learn a whole host of things of what Active Minds does. But head over to, you know, the University of Manitoba's website, you know, and maybe, Ten, you can give a plug of of how do people get involved in Active Minds? So if someone's saying, hey, you know what, I've never heard of Active Minds, I'm a student at the university, how do they get connected with you?
3: Um, so currently we are using the Discord, uh, Instagram. And also we have, you know, as you said, we have our website and also we have an email. So majorly um, students who are at the University of Manitoba connect, connect me, connect with me through email. Like, hey, you know, I'm really interested in your idea of the mental health and, you know, how to raise awareness of mental health and how to promote the conversation of about mental health, so like they contact with us through email, basically, and mainly, and yeah, like uh, some people like you, like Stephen, you contacted me through the website, and yes, like uh, people who don't know about the uh, our Discord server or Instagram or the email address, people gonna co- people connect with me or our team through website, and then that's kind of really important
0: for campus here. Yeah.
1: yeah. You know, friends, you know, it's been a pleasure uh, connecting with, with Ten, uh, with Active Minds. Check out Active Minds at activeminds.org. You'll learn lots about what they do, incredible work that they do. Uh, Active Minds began out of tragedy. And Bella's talk is really about... Uh, educating people on the importance of, it's okay not to be okay. It's important to talk. It's just as important to listen. We have way too many people dying by suicide. And we know that young people are the the largest demographic of those dying by suicide uh, in Canada. And we want to reduce those numbers. And today, this podcast, our guests Thanks to Alex. Thanks to 10. Thanks to Active Minds uh, for the work that you're doing and the ambassadorship that you have in mental health promotion. Thanks so much.
3: Thank you.